0: This morning we also are honored to have with us a fellow you may know and his family, uh, Kevin Crawford, and it's great to have the Crawfords here with us this morning, and we welcome them back. And, uh, you know, it's a wonderful thing to see such great people go out into the world and uh, and to do great things, but... You know, the, the pain of it is we don't get to have them here, but we know God is still has us connected, and, and God is doing a great work there. So this morning I want to talk to you for a few moments uh, about uh, being fearless. How many here are, are fearless? Anybody feeling fearless today? You know, sometimes we have to work through and process our emotions and our feelings, and, and uh, we find ourselves to be uh, sometimes... Uh, Overcomers of fear, rather than simply always finding ourselves to be exempt. And as we uh, talk about this this morning and get ready to, I want to invite you to join those who will be uh, praying here today at five. Uh, We have Amy Woznarski as leading that prayer time, and if you'd like to come and gather in intercession or if you have needs, uh, they'll be here at the church uh, offering prayer on behalf of and for those who join. So. How many are? are, thank God for intercessory ministry? Because it's a difference maker, and we appreciate all those who are serving, and we thank Amy for her leadership in that area. So this morning as we talk about being fearless, I'm going to talk about a man that we've all heard of, and certainly uh, please don't draw any preconceived ideas about what it is that I'm going to share. Let God speak into your heart as though it were a blank Canvas, and uh, I want to talk about Jeremiah, and I'm going to talk about uh, being a fearless uh, prophetic voice for the Lord. And uh, we're we're certainly living in a a time and a day where it's we are in desperate need for the church to be hearing from the Lord. God is a God of communication. The Holy Spirit is always providing counsel, and He gives us that critical word in that critical season. And we need to have people who are open, listening, and willing to be recipients and voice pieces for the Lord today. And because there is a very deep and uh, grave need for people to be speaking the word of God in this culture. This world is lost and there's no way to make that look any better we live in a society in a world where people don't know the Lord. And, you know, we, we can look at that and we can assess it in a lot of ways. And the very first approach that we take is loving people as Jesus loves people, reaching out to those, becoming a, a, an, uh, a tool in God's hand to share Jesus with those who don't know him, to speak the truth. And one of the dynamic things about Jeremiah was he was given a very, challenging message. He was given a word to share that most pastors and many evangelists would never want to have to deliver. You know, he spoke a hard word, but the great thing about it is God God gave a hard word to a man with a tender heart. And that's the, uh, that's the anointing of God upon his life. And so this morning, if you'd start up uh, whatever you're going to put up there, fearless is what our message title is this morning. And we hope that all of you as you've come into the house of the Lord here are embracing a fearless disposition because God is calling you to do dynamic things, to speak powerfully and passionately into the culture that we live, and to do so with a fearless disposition, because the one who has called you will keep his hand on you. He will minister through you. He will speak into the world. And even when there is opposition, and there will be, how many understand that? Doesn't matter how uh, gracious you are, it doesn't matter how kind you are. I mean, Jeremiah had a broken heart, he wept before God on behalf of his people. And he was given a very hard word to speak to them, but not a word that was devoid of promise because there was future promise. There was promise as to a future for those that he spoke, but he spoke a very difficult word. And, you know, if you are going to speak the word of God, it doesn't matter of your tact. It doesn't matter your disposition. The spirit of the world is never going to accommodate it. You hear that, right? Right. It's never going to be complimentary of your witness and the prophetic word that God releases into this world. But it is absolutely needful. We never have to sit back and debate whether or not we should speak what God gives us to speak. We should prayerfully know, we should be walking in the Holy Spirit so as when he speaks and he gives us that word to release that we have that confidence that the author of that word, we are standing in agreement with him. And it's an essential word for whoever and to whomever it is spoken to. So this morning, as you and I look at the, uh, the Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a man, a young man, selected by God before his conception to be given a word from God for a nation and for nations. I want to say this, and I don't believe that I'm assuming anything. God had a plan for your life before you were conceived. Every single person in this room, I'm going to tell you, God had a plan for your life. How many believe that? How many know you weren't an accident, no matter how many times someone might have told you? you are, God knew you, God knew you before you were conceived and God called you to some form of ministry and service to the world around you. I'm gonna ask you this morning, have you prayerfully received what God has purposed to do in your life? Are you yielding yourself to the Lord and saying, I will serve the purpose that God has placed upon the call that God has placed on my life? You know, today could be a wonderful day of revelation to you. God may reveal something to you that you have been uh, walking past routinely and you've never, ever seen it nor taken ownership of what God has purposed to do in your life. How many think that would be an exciting day if for those who have come in here not thinking this way, to leave thinking this way and for a light to come on and they walk out into the world with a greater sense of purpose of calling, to know that all of us have, God wants to pour his spirit into his church. He wants to release the word from you as an instrument into the world that is dying around you, a word of life, a word of hope. You know, sometimes it's a blunt word. You know, I've never subscribed to the idea that God doesn't speak hard things because God does speak hard things. You know, we we, we try so hard to package it all. And even the hard word can be spoken with great love and with great compassion and with a desire to see others come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. How many know that grace and truth are not incompatible? In fact, they were embodied in the person of Jesus Christ. How many know that this church needs to be a grace and truth church? You are a grace and truth ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't run from the truth. Understanding that the truth will to some be controversial. It will be something that is offensive. And yet we are called by God to speak what it is that God has given us to speak. Amen? Doesn't matter. What the, if, it, if, if it's going, you know, sometimes God calls Jeremiah to say judgment is coming. And the great thing is Jesus Christ has already taken upon himself the judgment for our sin. So it's unnecessary for anyone to fall under the judgment of God. Because Jesus Christ has taken upon himself the judgment. And by placing our our faith in a savior, the Lord has taken the judgment that would have been directed at us. How many know that this morning? That you and I would have fallen under the curse of the law of sin and death and remained there if it weren't for Christ. But someone spoke the truth. God anointed somebody to speak into your life. The word of God, and I'm going to tell you, I am grateful. I love to hear people share the full gospel, the good, the, the, the word that is very uplifting and, and warm. But I also I, I love to hear a man or woman of God who is fearless to speak the word that might not be popular, but it's of God. You know, sometimes the word that's released, even within the body of Christ, won't be popular among those in the church. But you know, God doesn't deliver his word by consensus. God sovereignly and supremely speaks his word into the church, into the life of the, and the body of the, of the church. And he does so with directness. You know, Jeremiah knew that what he was sharing was not going to be received. Well, he was primarily told that his success would be greatly limited if you look at it from the number of converts that he would have. There was a young man, and his name was Jeremiah. Can you say Jeremiah today? His name is Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, was one, he was a man of God. He was a major prophet in the Scripture. I mean, he was a big-league prophetic voice because he spoke into the lives of those who were his own countrymen, and he spoke beyond them into the lives of nations, And God raised him up as a voice to speak the word that was needed in that critical day. God's word is always a saving word. God's word is always a saving word. So anytime that God gives a warning, he does so to lead us back into the saving truth for those who have never come to know Christ and to help us to get our, our ourselves recalibrated in alignment with his word. How many here believe that you and I from time to time need to be recalibrated into the scripture? You know, it's like Josh said this morning, sometimes, you know, it, when we pray, we wonder if God wants to do something. How many would understand that if we truly believe in a yes and amen, that we might need to be recalibrated, we might need to be recentered and refocused on the truth. And you know, Jeremiah was a a young prophetic voice that was coming up. Some said that he he, he could have been as old as twenty or twenty-one, perhaps. And he and he was in a time when uh, people re- revered and respected the wisdom of older the older the elders. And here's a young prophetic voice that God has placed a heavy calling upon. God had ordained him since previous to his conception. And God places upon him a very heavy word. And I want to tell you this, this morning, that there is that balance where we we have to understand that only the Holy Spirit can lead us into an appreciation for grace and truth. But God is calling the church to speak the hard word when he tells us to, to release that hard word. Now, that's not beating people up, but it certainly can be sharing something that is disturbing. How many of you, when you came to Christ, maybe before you made that decision to come to the Lord, the saving truth disturbed you? Anybody remember that day? You fought against it. Anybody here before you got saved? Anybody with me this morning, you resisted there, I know these people here aren't, <laughs> right up here, uh, but that's hard. You got a gulf between you and everybody else. So anyhow, this morning, how many of you fought God when God was calling you to the truth? How many of you resisted that? Because, you know, it, it was disruptive to the life that you were living? God placed people in your life to share the truth with you, and you really weren't finding it all that. You weren't finding it to be all that. But one day, that truth and the Holy Spirit came together in concert with you and drew you in, and you found salvation and redemption from that which you once maybe despised. Maybe you ridiculed it. Maybe you disregarded it, but that word, and, you know, maybe it was someone coming to you. People, you understand there are times when the message of hell has to be pre, you know, be told to people. You know, we have greatly said, oh, we can't do that. That's not consumer-friendly. Let me tell you something. No one was given a more consumer-unfriendly message than Jeremiah. And it's crazy to think about it. Jeremiah wasn't given this message because the person who had been told to deliver this message decided that they were going to take the day off. It was a message that God had placed in his his life. That was his life's purpose, was to deliver this word to a nation who would be overwhelmed and overrun by Babylon They had strayed away from from God, and they were headed in the wrong direction, and God raises up this prophetic voice to speak to them. You know, if you're willing to answer the call of God today, and I want to say this, it doesn't matter if you're a teenager or an older folk. I don't even know what that was. Uh, But, you know, something happens when you come up here. Weird things come out of your mouth, like peaches and folk's. No, I'm just kidding. That wasn't weird, Josh. That's what we love about you. You're peachy. Where is it? Are you over there? Yes, is. Yeah. But sometimes it's not that we glorify hell, but we need to understand that it's in the Scripture so that we can make sure that people know that there's really one of two destinations here. At the end of all this, there's one of two places. There's not one of three. There's not one of four. There's not one of a million. There's one of two places. And you know, you sometimes understand that even Jesus was offensive to people because he spoke the hard word. Remember in the scriptures when Jesus talked to those who were there about eating his flesh and drinking his blood? And it said even those who were with him were like, what is he talking about? I can't, this, this is a hard word. And it says that when he presented that word, that there were many who turned away from him and didn't follow him anymore. You know, we have this idea that Jesus never spoke the hard words. And he did direct a lot of his negative wording to those in the religious establishment. The self-righteous Pharisees, uh, who not all were self-righteous, but there were many from among who were, and the Sadducees and the scribes, the conspirators against the gospel. I mean, he had a hard word to speak there. I mean, when you look at it today, we're, we're living in a time when we are applauded and applauded for being consumer friendly now i understand that we we want to catch fish we've talked about that we want people to come to know jesus but we want people to hear the full gospel without our rendition of it that alters god's intention and god's purpose you know that today the wages of sin is still death how many know that that's not that's that didn't change and the gift of God is everlasting life. You see, the world, the world needs to, to see that message. They need to hear that message. They can't, they can't put faith in something they've not heard of. And they can't hear unless there are those who are delivering the message. And they can't deliver the message unless they've been sent by God. You are sent by God to bring the message of truth to the world that needs to hear the saving truth the, the 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 flat out truth of the gospel jesus said sanctify them by your truth your word is truth how many believe today that you are willing to be fully committed to the gospel to be and allow that to speak through your life today because the world We'll die without Jesus. That's the flat-out stakes here. In Jeremiah's day, there was coming an enemy from the north that would invade. And Jeremiah would see the people enslaved. You know, he 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 preached before the captivity, he preached during the captivity, he preached after. I mean, he he joined alongside of Jeremiah or Josiah in his thirteenth year of his reign. And Josiah was a reformer, a young man, a child king who grew as a young man and had set his heart on, on on ridding or purging idolatry. And in their discovery, they found the word of the Lord that had been neglected. It had been misplaced. I want to say today one of the great perils that we face is what we do with the word of God. If we become careless with the scripture, we become, Jesus becomes a byword in our ministries, that somehow. He, gets, he becomes a, scant message, a a scant reference somewhere in all that we undertake to do. How many still believe that center is Jesus in everything that we do? And if you align with him and he's in you, you understand something. something could happen both for good, the, to the expansion of the kingdom, and, and also you may endure some persecution. Church, come on now, how many know it's time to put our big boy pants on if you're a boy? And I won't say that to the girls because you get in trouble. You don't have a big girl, well, but you do wear big girl pants, but, uh, you know, buckle up. Buckle up. How much do you love people? See, Jeremiah, his, his ministry wasn't born out of rage. His ministry wasn't born out of contempt for other people. In fact, Jeremiah, he wept incessantly over the, the, these people whom he loved. They were his people. And God said, I want you, to, I'm giving you a word. He says, you are going to be my prophet. God is looking today for those who will embrace that, that, that mandate. God is saying, I want you to be my prophetic voice. Wow, Think the church mouse. Hey, you out there? Church mouse, give me an amen. How many believe that God wants you to be a prophetic voice? You know, the thing was, Jeremiah wasn't looking to be a prophet. He grew up, his father was a priest, and, and Jeremiah was being groomed to follow in his father's footsteps. And then God placed this call, this prophetic call onto his life. And then he attaches himself to Josiah. And Josiah's the reformer king and Jeremiah's the prophet. And the unfortunate thing is is that Josiah died at the age of 39. And you know, when Josiah died, a lot of the reforms that he had implemented and undertaken to do fell short. And you know what happened? When Josiah died, the enemy, Jeremiah's enemies were emboldened. And the enemies against Jeremiah were those of his own family. His own family conspired against him. They hated him. There were those in positions of leadership who hated him because of the word that he spoke. In Jeremiah 4, one, listen to this. It says, the Lord gave me this message. You can hit that if you want. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. I want you to say amen if you believe that for your own life. You are not an accident. I, I want to say that because, you know, there are some, some that I've known over the years said my mom and dad didn't want me. I just happened. You know, number one, that's stupid. It just happened, right? How many know it doesn't just happen? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard since the last dumb thing I heard. Oh, it just happened. It was an accident. We didn't plan. We didn't really want him. You know, he was an unwanted child. And, you know, at least give it some time until you can find out whether you wanted him. I'm just kidding. That didn't make any sense. If he misbehaves, then you can say, I didn't want you anyhow. But no, you are not an accident. God knew you. God purposed for you. You know, church, if we get a hold of this on an individual level, the effect and the impact of this church and all churches will be so great that hell will be greatly disturbed. The judgments that are going to fall on this nation, and they are coming, you know, unless there is intercession and there, the church raises up, in its prophetic calling, you say, you don't necessarily have to be a prophet to, to move in the prophetic. You just need to be willing to speak when God says, I have a word that I want to deliver. And the, the primary word is the gospel. Don't ask for a word if you don't, you're not committed to reading the scriptures. I mean, you know, oh, God, give me a word. I, well, read my word. Well, I don't have time today, but just give me a word to go. Not the way It works. God releases a word, and that word builds up, it, it, it is built up on the foundation of the written word that God gives. God never speaks and contradicts himself. I want you to hear this morning that the, the nation, this nation, the world is in a dire, dark place. I don't care who paints it in any other way, you would have to be an imbecile to say everything is going well. In God's economy, it is going well. Come on, church. God has a healthy economy. God has a kingdom purpose for you. You know, we live by kingdom principles. Come on, church. We live by kingdom How many know what that means? When you pray, say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means that God, we want the principles of the kingdom to be established in our lives and in our church and in our community. So that's good. But the world is drowning in darkness. And you know, as bad as that is, and, that, and the loss, the potential loss there is far beyond our comprehension. As great as that loss is, greater is the light. Come on, church. You gotta come with me a little bit here. Greater is the light. Greater is he what? That is in you, than he that's in the world. Come on, how many believe that? The Spirit of God in Jeremiah was greater than all of the voices. You know, they put him in a pit, left him down in the mud and mocked him. He was a laughingstock. His family conspired. The officials conspired against him. And God promised him, if you're faithful to my word, I'll keep my hand on you. And he did. And he did. Come on, how many can say he did? How many can look at your life today and say he did? You know, when I just stayed true and I walked forward in the, my faith, my God was faithful to keep his hand on me because you know what he's saying today? You, you have been formed. in your Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God set you apart. You see, he, and Jeremiah says, oh, sovereign Lord, isn't it great how when we we try to reason with God we try we appeal oh sovereign lord oh so. I remember one time we were in a prayer meeting and this is just a, 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 a this guy was going on and on oh sovereign mighty god of the universe and he's following along and then he prays and he says I don't even know how to say this he says Oh, great, mighty, wonderful Creator of the universe of all things, and that's great. God is all those things, but sometimes just get to it. Come on, church. He says, "Thou," and then he swung into King James. And you know, King James prayers are always the most anointed. And he says, "Thou," he says, "Thou knowest the very tingling of our nostril hairs." I got to tell you, I don't remember anything else he prayed about. <laughs> Our bench was shaking. I was laughing. I was sitting on the front row with pastors, and and uh, Robin looked over and goes, <laughs> but he says, "Oh, Sovereign Lord, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. For you must go." Uh, and 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 then and then the Lord replied. And how many know the Lord's reply? It's not a bargain with us. He just says it. He says, don't say. In other words, if you want to be impolite, un- impolite I don't know, is that a word? Impolite, you can say, shut up. I am saying, I am too young. I want to tell you, you're not too young in this building today. We, we want to see all of our young people. Part of why we're doing what we're doing on Wednesday nights and Sundays and other nights, of the, or Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, is to activate these young people. You are not too young. You are not too young. Josiah, what was he? I don't know. Was he 13 or something like that when he became king? I don't know. I could be wrong. He was very young. The boy king used of God. And God sent him, Jeremiah, to speak the prophetic voice. And God's looking for the prophetic voices to speak. Make you know, Speaking God's word, not ours. Not making things up. Not, not exaggerating things, not, not, not fulfilling a, a personal agenda. Just speaking God's word. How many have, has God ever given you a word to speak? Wow, five, six. Well, here's what I got something to say. He's going to. Come on, church, say he's going to. I mean, how many of you believe that God's not just, he's not a crash dummy? He lives, he breathes, he speaks, he imparts life, he walks in relationship. Come on, is that your God or not your God? Come on, is that your God? I mean, we ought to be doing cartwheels and somersaults. He's a living God. You don't come here to find, you know, I don't want to be the dead place where somebody says, what you come here for? If you're looking for something alive, you come to the wrong place. I want this power of God to emanate out of this house into the parking lots onto the roads that lead to this place. How many will pray that? God, send your spirit down the highways and the roadways and the secondary roads. And Lord, let there be a Holy Spirit current that draws people into this house so that they can receive from the Lord and they can go out of here speaking what it is that God has given them and they will do so fearlessly. I'm almost done and I've totally blown it again. I mean, with my slides, I'm not good with slides. I get them. To, I give these guys, and they do all this diligent work, and then he messes it up. I'm going to close with this because I'm going to finish. But I'm going I'm, to uh, next week. how many next. I'm going glad there's next week because that means you get six days to rest until you come back. No, I'm kidding. I don't. You know, you, you better. Hopefully, that's not the way you look at it. I'm going to ask Tammy to come and your team. But hear me this morning. Jeremiah was God's prophetic voice. Jeremiah, he didn't go searching for it. He was going to be a priest. He was doing what he thought his life calling was. And then God says, I have a word for you. I've chosen you before your conception, and I've got a word for you, and I'm going to make you my prophet. So there Jeremiah is now a prophet. Any prophet called by God, and God spoke as a prophetic voice to Josiah. And you know, if if, if you work with somebody and you want to see your workplace change, be a prophetic voice. That doesn't come on, church. I'm not you say this is too weird. No, it's not weird. The Bible talks about a five fold ministry, right? How many believe it wasn't just for window dressing? Okay, how many do believe that it was for window dressing? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And you've got those anointings that flow through the body of Christ. And it doesn't mean that you're gonna necessarily be a full-time, you're you're, you're gifted in the sense of you're a full-time prophet to the exclusion of everything else. It just means that your listening your your ears bible says let him who has ears to hear said it seven times in the book of revelation to hear let him hear what the spirit says how many of you receive things from the holy spirit in your life because if you haven't today's a great day to say I'm going to blow the walls down so that I can receive that kind of relationship with god how many of you know that sometimes what God speaks to you is a word that he gives you to share? This is a tough day. You see, I'm sure Jeremiah would have said, Hey God, I would have much rather that you, you raised up somebody else to speak this word. Because this isn't what I wanted to do. I don't want to be the guy with virtually no converts at the end of my ministry I don't want to be the guy that's the, mock, the, the laughing stock. I don't, want to, I don't want to suffer the estrangement from my family. I don't want to be the target of those who are trying to take me out. Can't you give me another word? Can't you give me another word? You know, when God gives a word, he does so without repentance. Come on, church. That means God does it. He says it. And you know, how many remember that guy named Jonah? Jonah, he didn't like his assignment. He didn't like his message. You know why he didn't like his message? Because he was called to go to Nineveh. And if he went to Nineveh, something might happen. And the enemy might experience God. It doesn't matter what you think of any people group. Any lifestyle, God wants every person to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you know, there is a word that we don't like oftentimes, but John the Baptist's message, the, the message of the early church was repent and be baptized. And for those who don't know Jesus, there's a moment where you choose. Let me just read these. Uh, it's on a, yeah, you. Uh, can you? Um, I have it up there. Can you just pop down? Jeremiah was, was God's prophetic voice. He was to speak the word that God gave him. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. He was to speak the word that God gave him. He was to join in ministry with King Josiah. Hear this. You are given, you are called to speak the word that God has given you. You are to join in ministry with other people of influence. There are people in your life who have influence, and God wants you to come alongside of them as a believer. How many know God wants you to come alongside of those who have influence in this culture, and he wants you to be a prophetic voice to them? That means you give them wise counsel from from the heart of God. You give them the words that that are directive and you'll find that you'll build trust and relationship with people who will depend upon what they depended upon when they looked at Daniel and they knew that he heard from God and they clamored for his voice. They wanted his interpretation. They wanted his influence. And God wants to do that through your life. He wants you to be a go-to person that others search and seek out if we're in a dark world. And I want to pray that you'll be bold and fearless to speak the word of God. Not to be afraid to say, dark has no fellowship with light. Kingdom divided against itself will not stand. You choose today to serve God or mammon. You can't serve both because you'll either love one and hate the other or you'll despise the one and love the other. He He was called to call out the sins of Judah. Now, here's where we get into a problem. We say that's hate. That's not true. The truth and grace are not incompatible. You see, the problem is, if all we do is always telling people the truth, and there's no grace, then we become legalistic. We become uh, fiercely judgmental of others. We see ourselves as judge, jury, and executioner. But we've got, like Nehemiah, to speak the word, the truth, unadulterated truth. Not compromised, not watered down, not convenient. Just the word of God. But in it all, we have to love those with whom we speak to. Enough that we have that time with God where we're in tears. You know, I wonder today, does the church really have... A ministry of tears. You say, Well, that God just wants me to be happy all the time. No, God wants you to do what Jesus did when he looked over the city of Jerusalem and he began to weep over that city because he knew that God wanted to draw them in as a hen draws her chicks. And yet they resisted and were dying without him. Nehemiah wept for days. And God used him to restore the walls in Jerusalem through many hardships and many difficulties. God used him. Speak the word. That's what Paul says. It Paul or Peter, I don't know, does preach the word. Preach the word. He didn't say preach your word. He didn't say preach their word. He said preach their word. And we've got the scriptures and we've got the, the spoken word that God releases into our hearts that always is... Lined up with his word, his written word. He was called. He was to warn. Oh yeah, he was called to call out the sins of Judah and those of the nations. I want to tell you there are certain foundational truths that are that are being assaulted today, and lies are being told to your children, to your children. I want you to hear this. This is so important. Your children are going to. Your grandchildren are going to be so confused if there is not truth being released into all of this, and God's word is true. Come on now, your children are going to suffer the consequences of this if we stand idly by and say, well, I don't want to get involved in that. That's, that's, that, 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 that's controversial. I don't want to go there. But you know, you can go there, but here's the thing. You preach the hard word, but you have the heart of Jeremiah, the tender heart. I don't want to see this happen. I don't want them judged. I don't want to, God, I want them to come to know you. I want to love them into the kingdom like you do, Lord God. Finally, I'm almost, he was to warn them of what was coming to them. You know, there needs to be some sober voices speaking, telling people, you know, if we continue on this path without God, there's going to come an incredibly unimaginable payday. Our society will crumble. Our institutions will crumble. We see people today who are almost dictatorial in some of their mandates. We see the surrender of rights and privileges being taken away every day. We see the body of Christ becoming the enemy. But I want to tell you this, we got to love people, love people, God, baptize us in love, baptize us in love, but Lord, let us never back down from truth because we help nobody if we don't say the danger is coming. Jesus wouldn't have said anything about hell if it wasn't an imminent danger to those who didn't know salvation. He was to call the people to repentance. You know, there's a tact and a way, there's a sensitivity, there's a kindness, there, there's the know-how, there's the discernment that all goes into knowing when, how to speak and to share. But you know something? God has called you to share it at some point. You say, I only do it by my work, Sally. I try to just live my life and let everybody see the way I live my life. That's great. That's part of your witness. But you know, in reality, there are a lot of people who don't know Jesus as Savior who are doing some wonderful things. So, what is it about you? It's Jesus in you. It's the saving grace of God that has transformed us into vessels of honor to the Lord. It's God's desire to transform. And last of all, He was there to share God's future promises. God has the whole picture in mind. Sometimes it just looks fierce, looks hard, looks difficult, just looks like something God, I don't want to be the guy here, the gal here. But you know, God has a bigger picture. He was gonna restore some. He had a promise for those. If you read the, the words of Jeremiah, we'll talk more about how a promise to bring restoration and healing and renewal. But you know, this morning, I thank God that Jesus died to take all of the judgment. Isn't that a great thing? God, the Lord gave his life to to take all of the judgment, all of the reproach, all of the shame, all of the guilt, and the world's got to know about him. The world's got to know about him. So that means that you and I have to say, God, I know you created me. You, You, before I was conceived, you called me to something. I want you to pause a moment as we close here in a moment, but pause and just say, God, what... I want to know more intimately what was I, what was your purpose in my life? What was your purpose for me? What was your calling in my life? Come on, you you know, you gotta ask the you don't want to live and die and never, 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 never invite God to reveal to you what it was that He created you for. God, what did you what did you create me to do for you? I'm not just talking about your vocation. Or the boards you serve on, or the things you do. But God, what, what, what did you call me to do? What kingdom focused thing did you call me to, to be a part of? Lord, have I allowed the Holy Spirit to have access into my heart and mind to, to speak to me every day? The voice of the Holy Spirit speaking, directing, bringing confirmation, giving words. Of wisdom, word of knowledge, words of counsel, words of life, always the word of God. Jesus didn't come to deliver any other message than that which the Father sent him to bring. And that's our calling. It's not our word, it's his. How many here will pray with me this morning and say, God, no matter what the cost might be, no matter what the what the sacrifices might be required of me, the the, the joy and the life that you give is so far greater than anything else that we might endure or suffer as a result of our faith. That Lord, I'm giving everything to you. Come on, sell out tonight, say to Jesus. Maybe you've come here and you know in your heart you've already sold out to something else. I'm asking you to surrender that back to the Lord today. God, I surrender the things that I have sold out to the world, to my ambitions, to my desires, Lord, to my selfishness. God, I receive from you the Holy Spirit today into my life. I want to hear from you. How many here are are just, you want to do something bold? You want to be fearless? You want to be fearless. Come on church, I'm not going to stop until you say amen. You want to be fearless. Come on, we need a fearless church, you see. Every believer has got to be fearless. When you when you stand for your family, you're fearless. When you stand in your faith, you're fearless. When you stand in compassion and love for those that don't know Jesus, you're fearless. You know, here's a fear that I believe God's speaking to. Sometimes God wants you to do something somewhere that even the church might not understand. Come on, church. You say, I'll be that voice. I'll be that voice. I'll be that voice. I'm not going to become something else. I'm going that I might share Jesus with those who need him. Come on, church, we've got to embrace that. You know, Bethel can't take off if we're not fired up for him. I'm telling you, the Bible says stir up that gift that's inside of you, right? Stir it up, stir up, let it fan into flame. Come on, church, fan into flame the gift that God's put in your heart today. Maybe you got a little glimpse of what it is that God's called you to do. God wants the heavens to be open above you that you can see the truth hallelujah hallelujah lord god almighty king of glory king of glory lord we receive the word that you give us we build upon the written word of god it is our rule of faith and conduct and lord god we open our hearts to receive that the, the counsel of the holy spirit the anointing of the holy spirit rest on us lord that we might speak that we might be your messengers, your prophets, your pastors, your teachers, your disciples, those who move with apostolic authority in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Can we just lift him up a little bit? We're going to get out of here today. Lift him up, lift him up, lift him up. Holy Spirit, fall. Holy Spirit, fall. Holy Spirit, fall. Woo! Holy Spirit, fall in this house. God Almighty, King of glory. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at BethelAG.com or on Facebook at Bethel Assembly of God, Littlestown, Pennsylvania. Our services are also live streamed every Sunday on our YouTube channel, Bethel AG, Littlestown, Pennsylvania.